exercise some. You lose all this weight. These people often blame themselves. It's just me. Nobody likes me. I do exercise and eat right. And I talk to my doctor. Weight bias hurts. Everyone deserves to be treated with dignity and respect. Your words and actions matter. Let's stop weight bias. Let's work together. Be part of the solution. Go to stopweightbias.com and learn more. A public service message from Obesity Action Coalition. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Mike White should continue to play. Continue to start him, Robert Sala. We've already seen this happen before. We've seen it happen in Washington with Robert Vera and Carson Wentz. Taylor Heineke's out there. Dudes are playing for Taylor Heineke. You can see that. Guys are playing for Mike White. And it, it brings up a bigger discussion because I know when guys are drafted high, there's all this talk around quarterbacks and the word potential, right? I'd much rather have production than potential. G.J. and Max. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Katengel. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Katengel. We'll go through all of the slate of games in the NFL. Ross Jackson will join us live from Saints camp just before Dennis Allen speaks for the last time in the regular season about an upcoming game. Saints season ends, of course, on Sunday against the Panthers. So we'll ask Ross some of these hypotheticals and storylines that's popping up everywhere. College basketball is off and running as well. Big comeback win for the Colonels yesterday. They trailed at Texas A&M Commerce by 17 with 15.35. They go 50 to 33, and they wound up winning thanks to a 33 to 13 run. How about that? Tulane picking up a nice win. Second straight conference win. We're going to talk to Gary Smith a little bit about that here as well. So all of that is coming up, and then we'll open up the phone lines again and get your thoughts. Don't forget Pelicans Nets tonight, and that is a 6:30 game. Okay, don't forget, that is a 6.30 game. Pelicans, one full game now back of the Nuggets and Grizzlies. They played in one yesterday, so there he is. Picked up a half a game, but Pell's just one game out. Dallas lost three and a half now out of the top seed. It's the Mavericks tomorrow in Dallas against the Pelicans. So big weekend for the Pels. It is a sellout, the 11th sellout of the year for the Pelicans and the Nets just got done with a 12-game win streak. They're 9-1 in their last 10. They're now in the third seed of the Eastern Conference, a game and a half back of Boston. As we turn our attention to a little college basketball here as well, we bring in Mr. Gary Smith, G-U-E-R-R is the way he likes to spell. Gary, first off, sir, good afternoon. Thank you for your time as always, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm always impressed that you can spell my name properly. <laughs> I do. I, I, it's funny. I saved it in my phone as Gary, so I knew how to pronounce yeah. it when I first met you. But obviously, right. you know, I know it by now, sir. Uh, you cover yes. Tulane. You cover everything <laughs> around here for the Advocate of Picayune. So I kind of want to quickly touch on that. Yeah. But, dude, I cannot start if I don't ask you, can you believe what you saw earlier this week on Monday in Jerry's World? Well, Yes and no, Gus. I can, I, you know, I actually had picked Tulane to win that game going in. Um, I was not, I, I thought I had the game real, pretty well sussed out. The one part I didn't have was that Tulane wouldn't be able to recover, recover USC's receivers in that game. And, uh, uh, no, I mean, the way the game went, it was pretty incredible because when USC's up 15, I think ESPN put up the stat, um, 
teams were 1,600 and something and one when winning by 15 with five minutes or less <laughs> in a game. Well, now they're 1,600 whatever and two because Tulane has been resilient all year. They hung in there. They were scoring at will on offense against USC anyway, and then they got one huge defensive play, one bonehead play by a USC kickoff returner, and voila, there you have one of the most incredible uh, We lose you, Gary. Okay, uh, buddy, see if you can uh, call Gary back and see if we can get him back in there as well, so he can give us his latest on uh, what he was talking about with you know how he picked Tulane to win and um, and, and to beat, beat them at USC on that Monday game, which again I. To his point of what he was just touching on there, you know, can you cover the receivers? Can you make the plays on defense? You, you saw what Caleb Williams was capable of doing, and you saw why he was the Heisman winner. To me, I guess the surprise that I'll ask him here in a quick second is also why, or, or I guess the, the amount of plays um, that he saw, right? I mean, being made by Tulane. That was the thing that I talked about on Tuesday. It was just play after play after play after play that really stood out to me that they, they were able to make and go back and forth. And then you were just waiting, Gary, as I see you're back on, sir. Yeah. Um, the thing that, that stood out to me, you were saying, you know, you didn't know if they would cover the the, mm-hmm. the the receivers and things like that. I think the thing that stood out to me on Tuesday was the amount of plays Tulane made, man. And I know they did it in the regular season, but they answered yeah. back. It was like a prize fight, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they, they weren't just small plays. There were home nope. run hitting plays. And you said it, Tyshay Spears, he thought he was going to be a star, and he was. Yeah, yeah I, I had predicted Tyshay Spears would run for 200 yards in that game because um, USC doesn't tackle. And if you don't tackle, you're in trouble against Mr. Spears. Um But, uh, yeah, they, Jaquan Jackson, 87-yard touchdown, tied the Cotton Bowl. Uh, record for the longest touchdown, Michael Pratt, fifty-yard run, longest run of his career by by, by a long way. Um, Deuce Watts, right after Tulane falls down by fifteen, runs a simple, just runs straight down the field, gets a um, makes one guy miss in what sixty-five-yard gain. It was yeah, it was one huge play after another all game long for the for the Tulane offense. The Tulane offense has become a juggernaut in the second half of the year. The first half of the year, the defense was the strong point of, of, of Tulane, while Tajay Spears was still a little injury prone not not totally feeling healthy and uh the michael pratt was getting used to his receivers but but Tulane averaged almost 38 points a game in its last eight games and and and, and usc had no answer for that offense yeah uh, along the lines it's interesting um a couple of players as expected tajay spears declaring for the draft we knew that she wyatt yeah. um doing that um shay watt saying that he was going as well nick anderson just a little bit ago saying that he's declaring for yeah. the draft always a good thing when the guest of greenway players have that many players going for the draft and fans go yeah we get it yeah yeah and and, and honestly um none of those players actually had any eligibility left anyway <laughs> shay wyatt made a big announcement on, on twitter i think you know some of these guys Did it happen again? <laughs> what is oh, Gary, what are you doing? What are you doing on the phone? <laughs> Buddy, try again. Buddy just said, I don't know what he's doing. I wonder if he's hitting the hang-up button with his cheek. I don't know what is. We'll eventually get the full interview with Gary Smith from the Picky and the Advocate here. That is twice. I don't think that's ever happened during an interview. I mean, occasionally yeah, you drop in and out of a zone and you, you know, have a bad okay. sell. What do you, my yeah. theory is you're hitting the hang up button with your cheek. I'm not. That's, that's, I'm not doing it. I do a lot. I've been doing a ton of radio this year, guys. <laughs> this is the first time this has happened. I, I used to have a phone that had some issues. Yeah. This isn't that phone. And the first time I could still hear you guys. Um, really? So I don't know what was going on there. This time I, I heard the, the click. So I don't know. Um, yeah. It's great radio. I, 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 I like to give great radio every time I make an appearance, and there's nothing more exciting than having to recall and, and, and reconnect with with, well, with, with you your know, guests. You, you've you've had a history uh, not charging your phone. <laughs> that is all true. This is not the case this time, <laughs> but I, I cannot I cannot tell a lie that I used to have a phone that uh, had some charging issues. Let's put sure, it that way. No problem. But yeah, so yep. like like we were talking about though. No, look, no surprises mm-hmm. in some of the guys that are going back here as well. If anything. 
maybe yep. a surprise that Michael Pratt came back yeah. and you know and and you have your starting center as well. So all mm-hmm. you know all good things for Tulane moving forward from a football standpoint. And you said you like the class, right? You like the class? Yes, I think it's the best class Willie Fritz has had. I mean, you, you can never really judge these things, sure. but uh, Tulane got a running back from Cincinnati that they never would have even been on the on, on the board from in the past. And it was funny he after the after the Cotton Bowl win, he went out um, and, and tweeted, "All you guys criticizing me for yes. going to Tulane can basically shut up. That's why I'm going to Tulane." Yeah. I mean, that that that's a that's a guy. Now maybe he won't pan out, but that's just a guy that Tulane literally would not have been in the running for in, 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 in the past. And 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 look, this is a coaching staff that's done a tremendous job recruiting the way they have. But yeah, it's it's harder to win when you're recruiting a 190 pound linebacker like Dorian Williams, and then he's turning into one of the best players in the league and a and a pro player, <laughs> or or Ty J Spears, who was a pretty highly recruited running back, but nobody saw him make, turning into maybe the best running back in the country. Tulane's been able to do that, but it's a lot easier to win when you're recruiting the the, the, the guys that um are already big names, and, and, and that's where, where Tulane's in now on guys that they never were even in before. So, yeah, I think the future's really bright under Willie Fritz right now. Yeah, speaking with Gary Smith, got about three minutes here before we go to the break. So let's quickly touch on some college basketball because that's where the attention's mm-hmm. going to be turning into now. UNO won last night, 81-55. What kind of season are the privateers having on the lakefront? A weird season and that – They've never been a good three-point shooting team under Mark Schlesinger. They've always been an inside, you know, work it inside, pass the ball, get good shots team. They're in the top ten in the country in three-point shooting percentage, but yet they'd struggled all year long. Good thing for them is it's still early in their conference season. They they clobbered Lamar uh, last night. They they get a rematch with Houston Christian, which used to be Houston Baptist, who they lost to, I believe, in overtime last week. They need to win that Saturday, and then the the, the season's still salvageable for them. But but they, they, it, it's been a struggle to up until last night. It's been a struggle for UNO to to, to find wins. Um, they and and hopefully that they that was an indication that they've started piecing it together. But this is a much much better shooting team than any team that that that, that Mark Schlesinger's had. So certainly the potential should be there for them to to rebound here. Right, no doubt. Um, and when you go to Tulane, Gary, I, look, they won against Tulsa, 93-77, mm-hmm. won against Memphis, 96-89. Now, they lost the conference opener, 88-77, overall record, 9-5, and 2-1 in conference play. But I don't remember seeing as many 90s and high-scoring yeah. games in the past. I remember you and I would talk about, like, can it get any three-point shooting? Right. I've called games where they had, like, one yeah. three-point bucket go in. Yeah, back in the 90s in the Perry Clark era, you got free cheese fries to the fans if Tulane scored 80 points. Um, if they were doing it, if they were doing it this year, they might have to run it up to 90. Because <laughs> you're right, this yeah. is this is what. And Ron Hunter mentioned Tulane. Tulsa shot a season high 50 percent against Tulane um, Wednesday night, and it didn't matter because Tulane shot 55 percent. And and Ron Hunter said he had he's had to relinquish a little control. He's a defensive coach a lot of times, but the way his team plays best is to get up and down the floor. And when you're racing up and down the floor, you're going to give up more points, but you're going to score a lot of points. And Tulane was never in any danger in, in that game at all. And this is this is a team that really needs to hit hit the right gear. They, they've been injury plagued all year long, illness. All kinds of issues. They haven't been healthy. Now they're healthy because Ron Hunter and his players talked openly about making the NCAA tournament before the year started, and they've already put themselves behind the eight ball with their nine conference performance. They have to have a dominant conference season, and we don't. You know, they have a huge game this Saturday at Temple. Temple's won seven straight home games in conference play, dating all the way back to last January. And it's the type of team if you think if you're going to make the NCAA tournament, it's the type of win you got to get on the road. And Tulane's got that huge date with Houston, number two ranked in the country, on January 17th at Devlin Fieldhouse. And it would be awesome if Tulane could get to five and one in the conference going into that game, or four and one in the conference going into that game. I think it'd be a sellout atmosphere. It'd be it'd be a be a terrific scene and, and it all starts if, if Tulane can get a win on like, at Temple on Saturday. Look at Gary giving us a little preview and a little breakdown of so far what we've seen in the season. Look, I, I, I th- that's the goal this year, right? Uh, mm-hmm. in, in short for Ron Hunter to go dancing? Yeah. yeah, and they're, and they're I mean, they're out, <laughs> basically they're going to have to be Houston now, which Houston's Dominant. They've just, they, I mean, they, they've just been destroying everybody. They beat SMU by about 40 last night, but Tulane. <laughs> 
if you're going to be Houston, you better be able to score because Houston locks down defensively. You better have guys that can score anyway, and Tulane has that personnel. They've never been able to get it done, but that's what it's going to take this year because of what Tulane did in the non-conference for them to get into the picture for the NCAA tournament. At, at least one of those two games against Houston, they've got to win. Obviously, the home game is the, is the better chance. So if, this, if what we've seen in the last two games is the real Tulane team, that January 17th game is going to be really interesting. It's also the first day of classes, so students are going to be back, so it would be a rowdy atmosphere. It would it, it, just be a, a fun scene because Ron Hunter thought he had a really good team going into the year. Now it's healthy. Now it's a chance to prove that they're as good as he thought they would be. Nice. It's my birthday, so I'll be able to watch that that night and have a little fun with that. That's going to be a great <laughs> game, a great game, uh, no doubt. Gary, appreciate the time, man. Always fun. We'll be catching up now throughout the season, talking a little college basketball. And, oh, my goodness, next month it's college baseball. So, yeah, there you have there it. <laughs> and and let, 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 let's go let's go for three accidental hang-ups on, our, on, on the next interview. We, we had two today. <laughs> See, here's the thing. We got everything we needed to still. We did. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. Give him a follow on Twitter. When we come back, Rafael Esparza next on the Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Balance. You may know what that word means, but can you apply its meaning to your body? You see, it's all about the brain. At Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic, doctors work to locate and remove any nerve interference so your brain can communicate clearly with your body and help you correctly heal quicker. Located in Lakeview and West Harrison, Dr. Josh Roulette and his team at UCFC utilize a number of therapies to make your road to pain relief, recovery, and total body wellness efficient and effective. Go to ucfamilychiropractic.com for more information. Educate yourself on your body and let us get you back to balance. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. I am doing well. How about yourself? Doing fantastic, man. When we last spoke, it was Tuesday, and we're all hoping and praying that Tamar Hamlin made a recovery. We didn't know what kind of recovery. This morning, he not only got the breathing tube taken out he facetimed the team and was flexing and telling jokes amazing amazing it's yeah i mean the, the positive news coming uh, it seems like every day but i mean i've known many people who have, have been in this situation and I, I, now it's more a mental for him now it's going to be all of a mental because i have to talk this conversation with my brother who's had issues with family doing stuff like that medical stuff and it's now going to be all mental about how he how he can move take the next step i mean now that he's getting better each day each day and stuff like that it's going to be the mental because when someone tells you you flatlined or died or whatever and you and you hear about what happened to you what happened to you and players are going to tell you what happened they're going to tell you their story how they felt seeing you all that it, it, it takes its toll uh, so it's now he now he's on more of the mental side of stuff now yeah, no doubt, and I think that's one of the things that you're uh, awaiting to see if that takes place and happens. But 
you know, we let off the show with it with the professor and I were talking about all the different scenarios and things. We may get a coin flip if the Ravens beat the Bengals, a neutral site for the AFC championship game. How does this affect you guys, the wise guys? I mean, not much. We've dealt with uh, games playing in a neutral field either. I mean, remember a couple of years ago when the Minnesota Vikings roof caved in because of the snow? I mean, we've dealt with issues uh, like this, especially in your backyard with the Saints, uh, with, with hurricanes. Uh, so it, We're not new to stuff like this. Now, the betting handle will be a little bit different, uh, especially now being a playoff atmosphere a type of year game, but we're prepared for just a neutral site game, a weather disaster type game. Uh, so we're, that's nothing new to us. But uh, so, but I think betting handle might be a little bit different. Okay, easy enough when you look at it from that perspective. Let's take a look at some of the games though that we will be seeing here on the weekend. Lots on the line in terms of the AFC and NFC for the seventh seed, right? Jaguars, man, hosting the Titans, six and a half point favorites. That is going to be a seven fifteen kickoff tomorrow yeah horrible i mean everyone here in new orleans always wants to say the nfl hates the saints the nfl hates no the nfl hates jacksonville they ship them off to europe uh, a million times and now they put this game on a saturday a short uh short week for the jaguars when they can move this game to a 325 on a sunday i think the nfl hates jacksonville more than the saints but give me the jags i think they win by 10 points i just think with the way tennessee's defense uh, is not going to be able to stop. Uh, now a Jacksonville offense has been rolling, and Trevor Lawrence is now starting to play like the Trevor Lawrence we thought he would play. Give me Jags. I think they win by double digits. Yeah, I tell you what, the uh, totals this year, right? 3,900 yards, 24 TDs for Trevor Lawrence. Chiefs and Raiders earlier in the day, 330 ESPN ABC over there uh, for Vegas. I, I don't know. Is this, what do you make out of this? Nine points seems like a lot, but how, how invested is KC in this or, or – is it a big deal because they're trying to get seating? Uh, it is, but I think this is a, an audition for the Raiders. I'm going to wait to see if it goes to 10 because not only are the Raiders auditioning for free agents, but could they be auditioning for maybe Tom Brady to come over there? Because the Raiders have said they're all in on trying to bring Tampa Tom to LV Tom. Uh, he can rent my house out if he wants to. Uh, so I think this would be an audition, but if this moves to 10, which I might think it does, uh, I'm going to look at the Raiders. Dude said he could rent my house. Uh, KC in the one seed right now, thirteen and three. Buffalo twelve and three. Cincinnati eleven and four. Their top three over there in the AFC. So let's move to the Sunday games: Bucks and Falcons. Atlanta four point favorites here. That's that's strange, huh? Uh, I mean, Tampa Tom has nothing to play for in this one. So I, I'm going to say I'm going to take Tampa Tom plus the four because. No one wants to go into the playoffs on a losing streak or stuff like that. So I'm going to say Tampa uh, takes the cover and takes the outright win. Okay. Um, the next game we'll take a peek at, Patriots and Bills. Buffalo, seven-point favorites here. Yeah, this one is one of those ones you just take a hard pass because what's this Buffalo team going to be like? I know they're going to want to be playing for three uh, all game long. There's going to be three signs and three jerseys everywhere. But again, this is all about the mental part on this one. This one, you, you, this game is it's an early game as other games. Just sit back and watch it and pray that no one else gets hurt for Buffalo. I got no side. I would probably think maybe take Buffalo, but again, there's a lot of emotions in this game. Okay. When you look at the next game, Vikings and Bears, Minnesota eight point favorites here. Well, born and raised in Chicago, I'd love to see the Vikings win by double digits because maybe the Bears can get a good draft pick, even though they're not my favorite team. But uh, I want to take Chicago plus the points because everyone wants to make fun of Minnesota, the worst 500, above 500 record in the league. I think the Bears uh, hang around and only lose by seven. All right. Next up on the slate, Ravens and Bengals. Again, I touched, to, uh, touched on it here. If Baltimore wins, it would have beaten the Bengals twice. Cincinnati is the division winner though already so it's strange since he nine and a half point favorite here i like since in this game it's just because i mean Pitt, baltimore got beat up and pushed around by pittsburgh last week so i know cincinnati might be playing with a lot of heavy hearts as well uh, i like the Bengals in this but i'm not sold on baltimore their offense is horrible okay texas and colts Somebody, I guess, has got to watch it. Indian, oh, Indianapolis. If, if they were going to cancel a game, this is a game that should be canceled. No one wants to watch Nobody this game. I guess I think I just want to watch it because I get to see the best beard in football play one more game because uh, Lovey Smith will be fired on Monday. Yeah, okay. Um, 
Jets and Dolphins. Poor Roy. On the line so much. Three-point favorites here at home. I, I love me some controversy. I'm going to take the Jets to win this game because what's going to happen in Miami? Are they going to fire their head coach? Could your uh, Peyton go to Miami? Uh, it's going to be a lot. Uh, give me uh, controversy in the NFL. Love it. I'm going to take the Jets plus the three. Roy is alive. He just texted me that if Miami and the Saints win, they will play each other in Miami next year. And he also says the Jets are not winning. There you go. He's still alive. Roy Roy doesn't know that much because he's a Dolphins fan. Uh, Browns and Steelers. Pittsburgh, two-and-a-half-point favorite. Still some scenarios that Pittsburgh could get in. Yeah, I like the way this Pittsburgh team played. I was so impressed on how they beat Baltimore uh, last week. On the road, Pickett's getting better week after week. But that defense is playing better week after week because they're getting healthier. I like Pittsburgh. Okay. Next up, Chargers and Broncos. Hmm. Could either of these teams have Sean Payton as the head coach first off? I don't think he's going to Denver, so uh, Sean Payton. And I don't think he's going to Chargers. So uh, okay. sorry for those number one draft picks you're not going to get. I'm going to say the Chargers win this game because I can't see Denver winning back-to-back game or playing back good back-to-back games. Are you surprised that Denver's favored by three? A little bit, but uh, at the same time, uh, I, I, they were been favored many times where they got blown out or lost, so it didn't shock me that the odds makers. Because Denver money always comes in, no matter who, no matter Russell Wilson, the most overrated quarterback that your mayor was dancing to try to get over here. I like the Chargers. Should I make that like your 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 ringtone when you call? The mayor, the mayor dancing, dancing yeah. uh, for for Russ. Oh, I, I remember our boy wanted him to come here too, and that's that's why he's in Denver smoking it up. He wanted it. he was all big Russ fan, but he ain't he ain't saying nothing about that. Oh, uh, poor Brian, who's likely a mile high out west. Uh, Giants and Eagles. I'm I'm kind of shocked at the number here. I I know it's a must win for Philly. I know you know Sirianni just said today. It, it's leaning towards Jalen playing, but 14 points. Yeah, that's a lot, especially for a division game. I mean, the Giants aren't playing to move up around. The Eagles could still uh, wrap up, get the number one. But 14, there's a 14 and a half in your backyard at William Hill or Caesars uh, on Canal. That means if there's one 14 and a half, that means you might be sniffing some more because this one's a late afternoon game. Right. I like the Giants. Yeah, I just think, I I think Philly wins, but 14 seems like a lot. Cardinals and 49ers, San Francisco's 14.5-point favorite. Is this the future home? Oh, Sean Payton and maybe even Tom Brady. One of the other. Uh, one of the other, maybe. Uh, I like San Francisco in this spot. They're, here's another one. They're, I think they win and cover this one because of their defense. Just like I, thought, I think Pittsburgh does. Uh, that defense is playing really good. And I, I've been telling people, uh, why don't the Saints try to call uh, San Francisco and say, hey, uh, what about Trey Lance? What do you guys want for Trey Lance? Because he might be out of a job. Uh, with Mr. Irrelevant. Let's say Mr. Irrelevant wins the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Oh, be interesting, right? Rams and Seahawks coming up at 325. Seattle, six-point favorites in this one. They're trying to, you know, make a playoff uh, as well. Yeah, I like Seattle. I really thought this one would be a solid seven right now. Right. I, I would be shocked if it's not uh, on Sunday. So I would say hurry up and grab Seattle at minus six. I think the betting public will continue about the Seahawks. Is this a flat-out win you're in? With Seattle? I think so, huh? I think so, but hey, Baker beat you guys. Maybe Baker beat Seattle. Oh, the legend of Baker Mayfield. Cowboys and Commanders 325. Yeah, this one's interesting. Uh, I, I want to say take Dallas, but again, here's a division team. It doesn't matter if it's the last regular season, someone may be resting, someone might not be. It's a division game. I think the number is just a tad, tad too high. I like the Commodores. Okay. And then we have the Lions and Packers Sunday night football. Again, if Seattle loses, then this is for a playoff spot on Sunday night. So you know NBC's rooting for Baker because they want that game to be determining of a playoff spot. Uh, Green Bay, four-and-a-half-point favorites here. Yeah, Jared Goff having a great year. No one's really talking about that. Everyone wants to still make fun of him, how bad he was in L.A. But he's had a really, really stellar year for the Lions. But on the road, he struggles. And now we're talking about a Sunday night where it's probably going to be windy at Lambeau. I, I like Green Bay on this spot. This one will probably go five, five and a half unless this game goes meaningless. Uh, I, I like Green Bay to take this one. All right. Rafael Esparza at VSI Doc Sports. Thank you so much, sir. 
Take it easy. Have a great weekend. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend as well. When we come back, Ross Jackson live from Saints Camp. Dennis Allen is set to talk at 145, so I'll shush, and we'll go right back to him. When we come back on the Sports Hangover at ESPN New Orleans. Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. After redshirting his first year at Ohio State, Joe Burrow spent the next two years as JT Barrett's backup. With Dwayne Haskins on the roster, Burrow didn't see much playing time and decided to transfer. LSU head coach Ed Orgeron zeroed in on Burrow and landed him. In his second season at LSU, Burrow led the Tigers to a 15-0 record, a national championship, and arguably the best season ever by a college quarterback. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. You know that feeling when your football team adds that one player with every skill they've been looking for? It's time your business knew how it felt too. LinkedIn Jobs taps into a network of over 850 million professionals to find the right people for your role. LinkedIn Jobs helps you narrow down to the most qualified candidates so you can start hiring the right people. Go to linkedin.com slash sports to post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. The Louisiana Association of Broadcasters is now accepting applications for the 2023 Broadcast Scholarship Program. I'm Maria Pham, a recipient of the LAB's 2022 Broadcast Scholarship, here to tell you that two $4,000 scholarships are available to Louisiana mass communication students pursuing an education and career in radio or television. Visit broadcasters.org or call 1-800-364-7260 for more details. Application deadline is January 27th, 2023. Hope to hear you on air soon. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. He has not put lotion. Yeah. And we've been here for two hours. You know, growing up poor, man, this is a different story. My mom would get the cooking oil. Oh, Lord. I know. Not, <laughs> hey, man, not. You inflammable? She would get the, the normal Crisco thing and put it on me and I'd go off to school. Face just shining. <laughs> Your rap name is Little Crisco. <laughs> GJ and Max. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. That's on us from not beating Tampa the first or the second time. That's on us from somehow losing to the to the Niners when we felt like we had control of the game. That's on us for, who else? I mean, Carolina the first time we played them, so we got them back up again, and we got to finish this game. We got to stamp out the season on a good note. That's Cam Jordan yesterday in the locker room. Ross Jackson locked on. Saints joins us at Ross Jackson. Nola got you about seven minutes, sir, so I can get you out there, and you can go get Dennis Allen again. But what do you make of the way the team has played the last, really, month? Yeah, I think that it's something that shows you exactly what the New Orleans Saints said they were going to be from the beginning of the season. Unfortunately, they weren't able to get you know everything rolling the way that they had hoped at that time. But here towards the latter half of the season where you've got you know seven straight games in which they've allowed 20 or fewer points, uh, 13.6 points allowed per game over the course of the past five, and a chance to finish 5-2 and two over the last seven. I mean, this is a team that wanted to show you that it has a winning culture, and they put that winning culture on display. So I think that's probably the biggest thing that they have shown and proven uh, over the course of this closing stretch. Cam Jordan went through the history of sacks as a saint. He's been <laughs> a face of this franchise, if not the face, you know, especially since Drew's left. What's his future? I I, I tend to believe that he's, he's got a couple years or, or a few years left um, in him. And, you know, I, I think that there are some questions in terms of, I think people will talk about, you know, potential cap casualty here in New Orleans, uh, potential trade chip here in New Orleans. But I just, uh, you know, look, Cam Jordan wants, wanted two things coming into, you know, and he's talked about it over the course of the past few years. He wanted the sack record, the franchise sack record here. He now owns that. And the other thing is that he wanted to be a legacy player. He wanted to spend his entire career playing in one place. So before I see Cam Jordan being, you know, a cap casualty, I imagine he'd be more than happy to restructure or renegotiate his deal to do something that would help out the team. And so, you know, we watched Drew Brees do that for years and years when he was the you know, face of the franchise. I could certainly see Cam Jordan doing something like that as well if approached and asked to do so. But I have a hard time seeing a reality in which, at least from this perspective as we speak on January 6th, I have a hard time seeing a reality in which he's not a New Orleans Saint next season. But obviously we have to accept all possibilities as being possible, of course. We never say never in the NFL. But, right. uh, yeah, I think his future is here in New Orleans. I really do. 
I haven't asked you, but I plan on booking you next week, maybe at Katie's. Free lunch on me to go over. Sounds great. Scenarios and others because there's a lot I want to get into and I don't have the time to, but next week is kind of more of the time. More of this is of what we've seen up until this point. How about on the offensive side? How remarkable was it that the Saints were able to run at all without three offensive linemen? And is it going to be that case again going into this final game? Yeah, it, it was remarkable. It was something that this team kind of, you know, they, they put a feather in their cap over it, and I think rightfully so. Something that they were very proud of, their ability to be able to do throughout the season, or not throughout the season, but throughout that game last week in Philadelphia, is uh, making that happen with, you know, three offensive linemen, uh, you know, out for them, three starting offensive linemen out for them. And I, I think they'll look to do the same thing again this week, and I think Taysom Hill is a big part of that. Like, one of the reasons why the Saints have been so successful, and you and I have talked about this before on the show, you know, it's back 2019, 2020, like this team was dealing with a lot of injuries on the offensive line, but still found ways to run the ball. They still found ways to win the game. I think a big part of that came down to, you know, in those particular seasons, you had that sort of, you know, change of pace between Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara. Before that, you had that change of pace between Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Now Alvin Kamara is kind of the bell cow. He's the lead back. He's running between the tackles just as much as he's running outside the tackles. And now I think Taysom Hill's kind of your change of pace in a way. And so they've, they've found sort of this way of, of creating that change of pace aspect which helps out that offensive line because the fact of the matter is that, you know, if the offensive line goes out there and is able to play hat on a hat and play that gap scheme that they're able to play with, uh, with Taysom Hill, they can still win those matchups regardless of who's out there because everybody works as if they're going to be a starter every single week in this facility. And I think that that's what we saw last week. I think you'll see it again this week, or at least you'll see them rely on it for sure. I don't think that they'll, they'll, they'll fight in a way from uh, going to their run game. You mentioned his name just now. I said yesterday and this week, Taysom Hill is my offensive MVP. Again, we'll talk a little bit more about this last, you know, next week. But how important has he been this year? Considering, right, he was going in the camp as a tight end, didn't do any OTAs or anything because of his injury, and all of a sudden completely had to go back to what he's been. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the guy that keeps everybody honest, right? I mean, he's the guy that forces the Saints to load the box so that they could go to another guy that I think maybe has a little bit of a claim in terms of offensive MVP and Chris Olave. He's the guy that, you know, helps to space the offense. He's the guy that translates everything for the tight end group, for the quarterback, for the wide receivers, because he's in every room. He's in every position, or he's not in every room. He's in the tight end room, but he's working with every position group during practice. We watch it, you know, every, every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And so all of those pieces come into or, or, or come together to kind of create this, you know, chess piece that even without Sean Payton has been incredibly effective for, for the New Orleans Saints this season, and uh, you know, I, I think I think it's going to be hard to. I'll prepare an argument with you, right. you know, because good radio uh, when it comes to who's the offensive MVP. But I, I think Taysom might be the guy. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we'll talk about that. I just saw my phone; he just got done. Practice is over, so go do what you got to do, sir. Next Thursday, I'm booking you lunch on us. Come hang out and do the show at Katie's. We got a lot. We'll take questions from fans as to what to do if that's cool with you. Love that, love that. Yeah, absolutely, buddy. Hey, always a pleasure, bud. I'll see you next week, and uh, thanks as always. For sure, man. Take care. There he goes, Ross Jackson. The Saints have just wrapped up practice, so he's going to go see what um, Dennis Allen has to say. Final regular season presser on a Friday and team availability. Now, yesterday, P. Carmichael was asked a couple of questions about the offense, and in particular, an interesting one about evaluating himself. Has he done that yet? Again, I really haven't, um, you know, started to think about that, but I think that, uh, again, we'll look at, you know, everything and just kind of uh, evaluate, again, starting with, you know, starting with the play call and is there different things that I would have liked to have done? Um, and then, you know, did, were we putting our players in the right position? So things like that. How about the offense as to – Overall, when you look at it, it's worked at times. Why? You know, the message really from Dennis is uh, when we got to you know, the last four games, it was to go 4-0, and and we started with that. But, again, uh, you know, we got a big challenge. Uh, when when you got to the self-scout, again, you know, you had some time to reflect on things that you were doing good, things that you weren't. But uh, I guess the deep dive will really happen uh, once the offseason starts. Uh, but, again, you know, uh, we've had some games where we haven't done very well in third down or getting into our, you know, manageable situations. So again, that, that starts with me and evaluating myself first. And then as the coach is evaluating what we're doing and, uh, make sure we're doing the right things and then get into whether it's red zone or turnovers and things like that, run game, pass game. 
The other thing he was asked uh, about the offense in particular is that opening drive in Philly. I mean, it looked really good, really good. Well, I think that when you really look at it, yeah, I think that, you know, we converted third downs and we're able to sustain the drives. Obviously, we've been wanting to do that, but I guess, uh, you know, the mindset, again, was, uh, you know, one of the focuses was time of possession and trying to, uh, you know, sustain some drives. And, uh, again, we got into a few of those third downs that were third and manageable situations. So I think that, uh, you know, that's always the goal, but it was uh, our players executed at a high level. One of the other things to um... – point out I guess is the play of some of the other players that have stood out this season and are wrapping up the season particular when I mean that we talked about it yesterday when you look at the offensive line Trevor Penning has been able to play last couple of games here and playing more and more his thoughts on him I think as the, um, the more he's played the, the more he's shown us that you know he belongs out there and uh, obviously the, the, the future's bright for him we'll see what uh, uh, unfolds this week as far as how that all plays out we still have a couple of days to uh you know, get that, see where everybody's at. But again, he's uh, the more opportunities he's had. Uh, you know, we feel like he's taken advantage of those opportunities and shown us that he's, uh, you know, playing at a high level. The other element of it is Juwan Johnson. I he's he's in what top three performances this season that you didn't expect, right? Tight end was a question mark. I mean, like I'm being honest, I'm not being disrespectful, but are you thinking Adam Troutman? I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just you, We've gotten production out of that tight end spot. And you kind of needed it when I was referencing there to, you know, Ross Jackson. You came into the season thinking Taysom Hill was going to be your tight end. <laughs> so if you're having to use him again at quarterback and running back and all everything back or player, somebody's got to be a good tight end. And Juwan has, man. Well, he's really the, the time, the energy, the effort that he's put into that. And when he embraced the idea of make, making that move, um, you know, he, he was all in and, uh, you know, he, he got bigger, stronger, and uh, he worked, you know, a ton with Dan Roshar in the offseason, you know, as much as he could be in the building and uh, really how he's grown. And uh, but I think, first of all, is him accepting that, that role and being excited about it. And again, you know, we talk about his passing game quite often, but... He's done a good job in the run game for us as well. That's something that's grown and will continue to grow. So it's something to keep an eye on moving forward with those players and seeing, uh, you know, why they were able to do that. On the defensive side, you heard a little bit earlier in the show in case you missed it. Chris Richard, why is the defense playing better? I think it's kind of the – you have to take your hat off to the guys for not blinking, right, and staying true to the process, coming to work each and every single day, and just preparing and getting better and not allowing and situations to dictate how we respond. All right? Again, we're in control of that. It's effort. It's our attitude. And ultimately, again, a great effort and a great attitude is going to lead to really good choices. So guys coming in and choosing to do right and ultimately choosing to do right longer is the reason why we find success. There you go. Very true. Chance to be able to do that. So, um, and it's something that, you know, we'll talk about again next week. How true do you evaluate that secondary? I, Paulson's a deep, Paulson and Debo's injury in the preseason absolutely just it hurt. I mean, when we look back at it, it absolutely hurt. Took him forever to get healthy. Then Alante Taylor was injured. You lose Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, that, that affects you. Then you had two new safeties. Marcus May. Missed games. Richard says maybe maybe we're starting to see what they were going to be like simply because they're actually having enough more time to play together. Right, uh, and I would say so for the entire unit. You know, essentially it's been a, a mix and match, you know, in, 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 in the secondary in particular. And, you know, again, it's a testament to guys just kind of coming in and, you know, Corey Robinson doing a Fantastic job, Peter Junta, Sterling Moore. Like these guys are, you know, they're going to work, you know, doing doing everything they can to, to have our have our guys prepared and guys coming in and essentially paying attention to detail, right? And you come in day one and you and you say you're going to play for your brother because you love your brother, right? And then you have to go out there and prove it, and, and essentially it's the fruit of it. Yeah. So there you have it. Kind of give you an idea from both coordinators on getting into this final season game, and we're, we're gonna you know chat about it next next week the biggest question mark to me it's 
How much do you take into account new staff in different roles and positions? Because even DA kind of hinted at that on Monday. I'll play that when we come back. Final segment of this hour next on ESPN New Orleans. Delivery trucks rush all over town and sometimes cause king-size accidents. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced at handling crashes involving delivery trucks. They can help fight for your medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the King. If you've been injured in a delivery truck accident, ring the King at 909-KING. LA20-11134. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too, through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. You wash your hands, you brush your teeth, but what about the nose? How do you clean your nose? With Navage. Navage uses powered suction to pull saline in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out the other nostril, flushing out allergens, mucus, and germs. And it's why cleaning your nose, the body's air filter, is the next evolution in daily personal hygiene. People try Navage for lots of reasons. Sinusitis, colds, allergies, snoring, things that make it hard to breathe through your nose. But over time, they find that cleaning their nose makes them feel better, a lot better. Over 3 million Navage users have written more than 100,000 reviews, averaging 4.7 stars, saying, best product I've ever used, and amazing, I love my Navage. Navage helps you breathe better, sleep deeper, and snore less, but the biggest payoff is improved health. Navage is good personal hygiene and can help you stay healthier. At Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Target, and online. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E, clean nose, healthy life. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003 on the Up Circle Family Chiropractic Hotline. If you'd like to chime in to the conversation, touch on any of those rumors. What do you think? We've had three callers already, Mr. Professor, as he joined us again. I, I think kind of surprisingly to an extent, say they will pass on what Pat McAfee was discussing yesterday in his show about a rumor circulating that um, Mike McDaniels is in trouble. If they don't make the playoffs, could be fired. That they want Sean and Tom again. And, you know, I was like, well, what if Miami calls Mickey and says, we'd love to take Sean off your hands. How about Mike McDaniel? He could be your offensive coordinator. And, uh, and Tua. And I said, would you take that or picks? General D, Trent, I think Richard also said the same thing. No, they want picks. And they all said they want the Arizona package because that is the fourth pick overall. So let's just Mm -hmm. start there. Do you want picks or do you want a coach and a player? Picks. You want picks. All right. So I want picks. It's looking like Arizona just makes sense, right, in terms of – yeah. Chargers, Denver, I, you know, the quarterbacks, I, it could be Denver. I don't know, but let's say it's Arizona. Tom can go play there for a year, right? You have mm-hmm. Kyler Murray. So Sean has another young quarterback in, in waiting and he could probably be the GM there. It won't hurt them to give up their first round pick this year because he's got Tom, I guess, in them. I, I make him, they make some other moves. I mean, I don't know, but. When you look at it from that perspective and you get the fourth pick overall, you heard Richard say it and Trent say it. He's like, man, I'd take, I'd take defensive linemen. Looking at a couple of mock drafts, C.J. Stroud likely could be there at four. Mm-hmm. Would you pass up C.J. Stroud a spot or two down, get an extra first-round pick, and go D-line? I mean, yeah. I mean, I would go D-line. And probably pass up CJ. I'm I'm like this man. Uh, the picks package is just too enticing to pass up. Uh, Tua, I don't think is the guy that people have tried to tout him to be. Uh, and if Mike McDaniel doesn't make the playoffs, he should be fired because you spent all of that money to bring in Tyreek Hill and got him on the team now, 
and you got him and Waddle. Tua was looking like a world beater at the beginning of the season, and then you saw what happened with the concussions and all of that stuff. And I told you before, Miami has to have a scapegoat, man. With all the stuff that went on, they got to have somebody to take the fall. And McDaniels looked like he could be the fall guy. And if you're the Saints, you're probably looking to rebuild. You're probably looking to build to uh, to to reload, try to get some people on the roster, some young fresh bodies on the roster that you can build up to become a power down the line for a couple of years because you're ready to tank. You know, you know call it for Caleb, whatever you want to do, uh, <laughs> do whatever whatever you want to call it yes. to get him in. So yes. you're already ready to to rebuild and get the young uh, the young guys in. Uh, I don't. Maybe you get D line this year and then go Caleb next year. And go that way. I mean, if you're a Saints fan, you look at where the team is now. They were right on the edge of the playoffs in part because the division, division was terrible. But if you win this game, you end the, the season on a four game win streak, uh, something to build on for the future. Uh, and you don't know the future of one of your most important or really your most important defensive linemen. And what he's going to do and where he's going to go. Is he going to stay? Is he going to try his luck somewhere else? Right. Uh, is he going to call it a day? Is he going to go into TV, which he would be extremely successful at? So, you know, you got a lot to look for, look at for next season and beyond. So picks looking at it down the line will probably be the most viable options for the New Orleans Saints. Jack, what say you, sir? How are you this afternoon? Hello, Jack. Um, look, um, yeah, go, hello, Gus. Hey, buddy. Hey, um, look, um, I hear people calling, and um, they're only looking at scenarios that would be good for the Saints. I don't think they're really considering what Sean might want mm-hmm. or the teams that they, they would be trading would want. So, would you expect Sean? I mean, if Sean had the choice of, of taking a mediocre to bad roster to get back into coaching or just to go back to the booth, where do you think he ends up? I think he wants to coach again. I absolutely think he'd rather coach than go back to the booth or the studio. But but if it's a place where he doesn't think it's going to take a little, well, where it might take a little while to, to build into a, a real contender. Right. Like, for instance, the Arizona, the Arizona job. Yeah. Okay, you kind of brought it up yourself with Colin Murray. Okay, um, you gave $200 million to a guy that you, you had to put it in an incentive to get him to do his job. I agree. You know, to study the film. Right. So, you could trade him? And does he seem like... I, <laughs> can you trade him? I don't know. I, I mean, wouldn't that, create, wouldn't that create more of a salary cap problem for them? Yeah. Look, I, I, and does he seem like the kind of guy that Sean would... His kind of quarterback, you know what I mean? No, I, I, like I said, I, I'm with you. I... <sighs> I guess the, I don't know. What do you say about that, Professor? Why, why, why would the Cardinals do that? Why, why is it a, um, a destination for Sean? Well, in your opinion? if you look at Arizona in general, where they are as a destination for like football players, coaches, uh, sports entities because of where they are and just location is a big part of it. Uh, most people end up going to Arizona when they get ready to end their careers. You know, it's a great retirement destination. Uh, people buy homes out there, all the golf courses, Sean Payton, Tom, I know Tom Brady especially would love it because he played, he's a scratch golfer. He plays all the time. Uh, but if you're talking about as far as football is concerned, which I know is what Jack is really focusing on, uh, it, it's a place where you can build and get better and you have resources that can be afforded to you to help you win right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could, they could win right now with the resources they will be afforded. If you bring in Sean Payton, if you bring in maybe a Tom Brady or you replace Kyler Murray with somebody else, you know, you could, Kyler Murray is a bargaining chip at this point. Like you could possibly get somebody to, you could possibly find another quarterback to come in there to take over and be, lead that ship. But it's, it's a good destination because they give you the resources that you would need to win right now. And I think Sean Payton doesn't want to come in and try to build and wait for a little while because he, 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 if he's coming back, he wants to come back to win. That's why the Chargers were a viable option for him to come and take over because the Chargers are built to win right now. Okay. There you go, Jack. I, I guess, yeah, you know, look at it from what is it that he wants there? Right. 
And see, I don't, I don't, I mean, just looking at it from the outside, I don't think, I don't see that as a lot better roster than the Saints have right now. Uh, uh, I think there's only a couple of places. I, I think you're right. I think the Chargers is one of them. And, yep. and look, I, I don't, you know, I, I like the Indy situation. Look, if you just look at the Arizona situation too, they're in a pretty good division. Like if, if, if you went someplace like Indianapolis, it, it looks like you have to maybe compete with Jacksonville right now. Tennessee's on the way down. Uh, um, um, you know, Houston's in a complete rebuild. And so, but guys, I, I had, I had a question for you and, and I'll get out. Um, you know, kind of dovetailing with that, with the Arizona thing. Do you expect to see some general managers to get fired on Monday? Because I'm going to tell you something. That decision to, to just the Kyle Murray thing, where you extend him when you, when you felt you had, you were compelled to, you know, to, to force him to do his job. You had to put that in the contract. Now that the, the guy, the guy with Denver, you, you pretty much screwed them for the next five years. You know, you, you owe two hundred fifty million dollars to. Um, you know, to Russell Wilson, you gave away all your draft choices. And y'all were talking about Miami. You're right. They were all in this year, and then look where they are now. They may end up with a losing record. Do you expect to see some of these guys get fired, not just the coaches? No, I, I think you bring up a good point, uh, Mr. Professor, as he brought it up there as well. I, I think some front office execs. I, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm with you. I mean, when even if, if you put that in there with the fact they got out, Right, I mean, you, you meant it to get out. Somebody, uh-huh. somebody got that out. I mean, there's. I don't think Kyler and his people wanted that out or put that out there. So yeah. somebody put that out. Well, you're right. It's bad PR. But on top of that, why would you hand him that much money if you thought you had to do that? I, I agree. Look, I, I'm with you, man. I, I just there is a reason, right, guys? Not this season, but the last two. They started out really hot, and then towards the end, just. I mean, I, you know, and then I, look, it just, I, I can't stop thinking, and I know heat of the moment, things happen, um, and people say things or do stuff, but just this season, one of his last games, he's telling the coach to shut the bleep up with the F word. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I don't know how that's going to play with Sean Payton. I mean, no. I just, I legitimately don't know how that plan, it, it, how that would work, you know? That that wouldn't work is how I would look at it. That wouldn't work. Be my my thing. Yeah. No, I agree with you. You know, and, and I thought it was strange that they hired they hired that coach anyway. He actually had more success than I thought. Because if you can't win in the Big Twelve, I don't know why you thought you were going to be able to win in the NFL. But yeah. but guys, thanks for taking my call. Have a good weekend. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. So, Mister Professor, if it's not, what about the Colts? We're going to talk a lot more about this next year and stuff like that. But you know what? Before I say teams, because we only have a minute and a half here. Mm-hmm. Do you think he hasn't spoken to people or has an idea that he's coming back? Especially oh, with uh, the report last week that he's putting together this all-star cat. Like, you're not calling coaches like Zimmer and all. You know, you're not doing that. If you don't have a pretty good idea of maybe not only where you're going, but that you're going to get an offer. Like I, he could just because he has the time put together a staff that he would want in case somebody offers him something he likes. But that's not how this guy works. I think he absolutely knows no. there's two or three teams he would do it right now. And I think he knows yeah. that it's going to happen. If not, he wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have done it to sign a long-term deal. He wouldn't be saying the things he said this year. He'd be like, I'm happy here in the foreseeable future. And in the last month, the man has been like, oh, I, I, I can't wait to coach again. You know, that's, that's all I'm, for a reason. I'm 100, I 100% believe that he already has a list. There are a couple teams, like you said, that are at the top that are very enticing. I think the Chargers are up there. I think the Cardinals are up there because Cliff Kingsbury is all but gone. Uh, I think Miami is possibly up there, but there, you can't tell me that there aren't a list of teams out there right now that have Sean Payton at the top of their list. You can't tell me that the half of the league wouldn't just drop the guy that they have now to trade him out for Sean Payton. Yep. There's a poll that's up online uh, that Cardinals, Cardinals fans started uh, for if they would like to trade their number four pick for Sean Payton and Ryan Ramchick to the Saints and look for like a like a lineman or a, or a player, okay. and the fans majoritively are for it. 
you know, they waver between that and the number four pick being too, uh, being too valuable. Right. But th- I think that there are a lot of teams out there that would try to get Sean Payton next year. I, I agree. That is the professor. We'll meet up with him again before the end of the show. Our three next starting ESPN New Orleans. In honor of all those we've lost to cancer and those still fighting and thriving, like basketball analyst and cancer champion Dick Vitale. I want to beat cancer. I'm going to beat it. That's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to win this battle. Defeating cancer will take all of us. Join our team to help fund game-changing research that saves lives. At the V Foundation, V is for victory over cancer. V is for victory over the odds. V is for victory over health disparities, victory over setbacks, victory over the unknown. V is for victory over giving up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Join the V Foundation team and help save lives. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind, it cannot touch my heart, and it cannot touch my soul. Join our team in the fight against cancer at V.org. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Max Kellerman. Struggle City this morning, Key. Yeah. Max and I have not had our coffee yet. The coffee machine.